Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb. And I bet I could eat like 35 or 39 eggs, but not 50. Yeah. I don't know, 50 just seemed like a nice round number. Uh, how are you? I'm good. That's the first reference I felt really good about making in the intro of the show in like a month. Yeah. It's relevant to our discussion today, so. Yeah. Good job. Uh, how, how are you doing? I'm doing fairly well. Uh, just, just a regular old day. Yeah. We were up pretty late last night uh, playing nerd games. Yeah. So I was, I was tired this morning. I, I felt bad but, for you. Uh, because... I still made it to work and got some coffee and everything was fine. I felt bad for you because you got eliminated from our game early. And then I just decided to keep playing because I wanted to show Bill that, uh, fuck him. Yeah, and you did. I did, I did it. I, I grinded him to a victory. <laughs> I don't know, I think, uh, I think you and me both kind of tilted out pretty hard mm-hmm. at the old, at the old William. Not to get too much into it, but, uh, I think I, it is like the first seven or like ten turns. I had uh, four whole mana to play with, and I was like, cool, I can't play the game. This is awesome. We were, pl- we were playing Magic the Gathering. Yeah. So uh, I-, I was a bit... Do you sal- want to see my wizard cards? <laughs> I was a bit salty about that, so that was, that, that was what set me off. Uh, unfortunately for Bill, he just was able to do stuff, and you and I were just like, cool. Yeah, I don't know. I was just kind of dawdling along and he just decided to fucking totally fucking dick me down yeah so uh then we played again and my vengeance was swift and terrible and i violently destroyed him yeah you played you played your uh ridiculous deck with proxies and everything (laughs) and the new one that i just made yeah and i was like oh he just out resources me okay i lose I don't know. It, it worked. It worked tremendously well, actually. I'm pretty happy with how things turned out. Um, but we're not allowed to talk about it. We're not so. allowed to talk about it here. <laughs> Ignore that we even just talked about it. Don't tell Ashley. We just talked about it. How is Ashley? Uh, her head hurts, and that means her back's about to hurt because she just pulled landscaping duty. Yeah, head like that should hurt. I don't know, she's fine. She's an adequate human being. I think she's watching Housewives right now. That's probably why her ho- her uh, head hurts. Uh, I'm going to get to see you guys in like two and a half weeks. Fuck yeah, Sea King. I think. When are you arriving down here? Uh, 16th? Oh. I think it's the 16th. Okay, yeah. So you will get to see me. Just make sure you bring your magics. Yeah, oh yeah, of course. 
I was thinking about it and like, you know, I kind of just want a, a nice little break from the the world of electronics and stuff. Because like last time I was down there, I, I took my switch and uh, I don't know. I just feel like I should have gotten out more and like played on the beach or whatever. But also like my wife had a broken leg. Uh, which happened while we were down there, which was a whole thing. So I wanted to hang out with her, but, uh, I don't know. I think, uh, I think I'm just going to take some books. I've been meaning to, to start reading more. Don't really make time for it. Well, I'm proud of you. You're a bigger man than I am because, uh, when I go to, to Nick's for, uh, five stream, I'm taking my switch, my Vita, my Kindle. All those electronic shit, because I don't get, I don't care. <laughs> it's not even really much of a vacation. In fact, I'll probably be working harder than I do during my normal job, which is saying something. Oh, shit. I found this thing, like, several years ago. It was, like, 50 books every man should read before he dies. Uh-huh. And I really, like, I've read, like, seven of them. So, I don't know. I've had the picture of Dorian Gray sitting on my nightstand for like two years, so I think I should read it. So it's time. There was time now. It's not fair. Uh, unfortunately, with my <laughs> eyesight, I would be that guy. Hold, hold on. Let me see. Yeah. I, I do actually have some literature right next to me. Let me see something. Uh, I basically have to hold this like five inches from my face to be able to read anything. So... Hooray. <laughs> Speaking of being that guy, um, why don't we do What's Your Swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Stay away from the cans! Again, I have a jalapeno-infused vodka and tonic. It's, it's still pretty, it's like, not as great as last week. Or not last week, but like the first batch I made, I, I still much prefer that to this. But I, I enjoy it still. All right, I um, have another old fashioned, so not too exciting. Once again, not too exciting at all. Not much not fun. Much Stalingrad. fun in Stalingrad. Oh man, good stuff. That Monty Python. Uh, hey. We we talked about magic already. If you like previews of stuff, then go check out our uh, Magic the Gathering podcast, Stacking Triggers. Uh, this week, we actually had a real topic. We had a real discussion about it. Uh, we, we we talked about Wizards of the Coast uh, trying to make people pay uh, $30 for five lands with nothing but text on them. <laughs> I don't know. I've been trying to have topics on that show. I like topics. But Wizards, like... Gift wrapped, gift wrapped one for us, and just went here. You go. Talk about this. Maybe they're fans. Uh, maybe. I mean, God bless them if they're actually fucking following our show. I don't know. I think they hate all of the creators. <laughs> uh, yeah. In the community for the game, so. Cool, 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 cool. Um, I don't know. Any other housekeeping stuff you want to do before news? Um, I haven't totaled up our amount of money that we're going to be donating towards Meals on Wheels before uh, five stream, but we will be doing that, uh, or for like hashtag reviews for good. Uh, it was around like sixty something, so it's looking like around fifteen to twenty dollars 
for uh, hashtag reviews for good. Uh, also, if you're a patron of our show, your May contribution is going towards our live stream for the Cure contribution. So uh, that looks like about it's like about $110 goes towards live stream for the Cure uh, during our segment, uh, which will be on Friday. Uh, May, whatever day that is, 21st at 3 p.m. for 365 days, the Turkish 500 days, 500 days of summer. I keep saying that because of 365 days. <laughs> I fucking hate my life. Uh, 50 Shades of Grey. That's what I mean to say. Why don't we go for a roll in the hay? What do you say? Lay, lay by the bay. I just may. Uh, so, so, yes, that that's me stumbling over other housekeeping stuff. Uh, also, I guess I'll just say this now before we get to uh, later in the show. But uh, if you're a $5 and up patron, uh, I've only heard from three of you regarding stuff you want us to watch. So get to it. All right. Uh, news time, finally. Oh, shit, it's mail time. Uh, the Play Something function is now live uh, because Netflix can't fix their recommendation algorithm now you just hit a button and they'll randomly play something for you. Yeah. Uh, so have you used this? Uh, and if you used it, did it work for you? Yeah. Um, I don't know. We were like on our account, we were like beta testers or whatever for it. So like, I didn't realize that this wasn't a thing yet. Uh, I do have a setup for test participation and I also forgot. So I was like, oh, uh, yeah, I guess that's a thing that people don't know about. Like, I, I think I remember talking about it for uh, Lupin whenever I talked about that back in, like, January when they were beta testing mm -hmm. it. I was like, oh, this is a neat function if you have no idea what the fuck to watch. All right. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, uh, some fun news because it's about a, uh, a bad guy getting consequences. Oh, no, the consequences of my own actions. Uh, the former Netflix vice president of IT, Michael Kale, has been convicted on 28 of 29 counts of wire fraud, mail fraud, and money laundering for accepting bribes in exchange for IT contracts with Netflix. Uh, he served as the VP of IT for uh, from 2011 to 2014. Yeah. Sometimes dreams do come true. <laughs> Sometimes... Rich people go to jail. Yeah. Like that full house bitch uh, in like the trying to bribe her, her college admissions people. Yeah. Yeah, they, turn, they turned that into a Netflix documentary series because of course they did. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I guess the final thing we'll talk about uh, is this. On her TikTok, writer-director Cynthia Cow pointed out some similarities between her short film, Groundhog Day for a Black Man, and the now Oscar-winning short film, Two Distant Strangers. Uh, in that video, Cow uh, points out that Now This, a news website, offered to amplify her short film on social media accounts after the murder of George Floyd. Uh, she then points out that Two Distant Strangers is a Now This production and came out roughly a year afterwards. Uh, she words herself very carefully as to not get sued, but is very much implying that Now This stole her short film idea. Uh, so for those of you who are unaware, uh, Two Distant Strangers is on Netflix right now. You can watch it. Yeah. On Netflix. That's why this matters. Man, that sucks. But also, 
she's saying that somebody stole her idea and her thing is called Groundhog Day, but it's about a black guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you're getting like you're right as a director, like come up with a better name for your movie. Then, you know, just, hey, remember Groundhog Day? Well, this is about a black dude who has an interaction with a cop and how it goes different ways every time he dies. I call it Sad, Sad Groundhog Day. I call it real life. Yeah. Oof. So, I mean, uh, it sucks. I hope she gets some rest. I hope she sues now this for money because I, I haven't watched anything. But they look like, it, like the setup is completely different for both things. Like, uh, what the Groundhog Day for a black man? He's in a car at a traffic stop, and then shit goes wild. And uh, in Two Distant Strangers, he's just like walking out of an apartment building, and a cop decides to start fucking with him because, you know, police. Yeah, I don't know. There's no original ideas. Yeah, it's true. All right, uh, well, that will move us over into Downstream. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! Uh, and our first trailer is for Yasuke, uh, which couldn't fucking make it here for Anime April for some reason. Yeah. Uh, in a war-torn feudal Japan filled with mechs and magic, the greatest ronin ever known, Yasuke, struggles to maintain a peaceful existence after a past life of violence. But when a local village becomes the center of a social upheaval between warring daimyo, Yasuke must take up his sword and transport a mysterious child who is the target of dark forces and dark forces and bloodthirsty warlords. Uh, a peaceful boatman once known as the Black Samurai is pulled back into conflict when he takes a little girl with mysterious powers under his wing. Uh, I like this alternate history. I like when there's stuff with like people with swords, but there's also battle mechs. Uh, that's, that's very much my aesthetic. Yeah. And so this is already out on Netflix. Uh, why they released the trailer now? Like, there was a million views on the trailer. And it was released five days ago. So this was a very anticipated thing. Uh, I, why they released the trailer for it now, as opposed to, you know, weeks ago, I don't know. I don't understand that. But, uh, it seems like it's going to be immensely popular because, uh, the whole aesthetic, and then also uh, the main character is voiced by Lakia Stanfield. Yeah, and um, I think it said, uh, oh fuck, what's the dude's name? One second. LaShawn Thomas? LaShawn Thomas, yeah. Uh, he executive produced it, mm -hmm. and he was the, he was uh, Philly the Kid in uh, Cannon Busters. Yeah. Which uh, I remember, I think I put, I think when Casey Moore posted a tweet about Yasuke over on uh, What's on Netflix, I went, so we, so like, has anybody said anything about Cannon Busters season two? Uh, and <laughs> uh, it apparently is just like done and like quietly swept under the rug. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured. Kind of bums me out. I did like that show. Yeah. I know you were middling on it. Yeah, but still like. It leaves on an obvious cliffhanger, and you're just like, uh, okay. Hell of a way to end it. All right, uh, next up is the trailer for Blue Miracle. Uh, the incredible true story of Casa Hogar, the Mexican boy's home that entered the world's biggest fishing tournament to save their orphanage. 
To save their cash-strapped orphanage, a guardian and his kids partner with a washed-up boat captain for a chance to win a lucrative fishing competition. Uh, this is... Like a feel-good sport movie about trophy fishing. Yeah. Uh, feel-good sport movie or a horrifying look at the lack of funding that orphanages receive. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, looks heartwarming. Looks like people care. Uh, I don't. I don't give a shit. It's gonna be like uh, the Mitchells versus Machines. Everyone else is gonna tell us how good it is, and then we'll watch it and be like, "Oh, okay, yeah, sure." Yeah. Uh, next up is the trailer for the Kaminsky Method, season three. In Hollywood, the final act is always full of surprises. The final season of the Kaminsky Method premieres May twenty eighth only on Netflix. A new chapter unfolds for Sandy as he deals with a difficult loss, a daunting financial obligation, an important reunion, and a major career boost. Uh, spoilers, they killed Alan Arkin. I know! What the fuck? What the fuck? Their, their relationship is what makes the show. Like, Alan Arkin just being, like, an old man who does not give a fuck at all, and is the most blunt man on planet Earth, is what makes the show tick. Yeah, I don't know. At least, like, show me him yelling about how he's dying. Yeah, if he dies off screen, it's gonna be a that's gonna be a big, uh, big yikes for me. <laughs> they just alien three his ass. <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> Poochie died on the way back to his home planet. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Alan Arkin deserves, like, an actual on-screen death, uh, and we deserve to see Michael Douglas reacting to his on-screen death. I want to see him pretend to die a bunch of times and Sandy to get super pissed, uh, and then, like, Sandy goes to get a, a drink or something and comes back and Alan Arkin's just there dead, and, like, Sandy gets super pissed, uh, but then he's like, oh shit, he actually is dead, and then it just does a hard cut to the funeral. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be pretty good, actually. This is how you make comedy about old people dying. It's just the first episode is Alan Arkin dying, and then like he's sitting in a chair, like facing away from Sandy, and then Sandy, you know, is ranting at the back of the chair, and then he's actually down. It's like, oh shit, I lied. <laughs> uh, our next trailer is for Castlevania season four, the final season of this iteration of Castlevania. Dracula's influence looms large as Belmont and Sypha investigate plans to resurrect the notorious vampire. Alucard struggles to embrace his humanity. I mean, sure. Uh, I don't care. All I know is that we get to see what seems to be more action than all of their seasons combined uh, in this. Because everyone looks like they're fighting everybody else and it looks fucking awesome. Yeah, I really liked the the occult stuff from the last season, but uh, I'm ready for just, like, some more straight-up beat-down, knock-down, drag-out action sequences. Um, looks pretty good. Uh, also, somebody's trying to resurrect Dracula, <laughs> which they alluded to in the last season, but, like, uh, I don't know. They have, like, a good, funny moment in the trailer where like they discover this altar that's supposed to resurrect Dracula. Uh, and he's like, who the fuck would do that? And he turns to like a group of huddled commoners and he's just like, would you do that? 
And they all just reluctantly shake their heads. Yeah. The show's uh, very funny. It's very, like, s- fucking Trevor Belmont is actually very funny. It's kind of awesome. Uh, I, I want to shout out somebody on the trailer who said, whoever made this trailer deserves a pay rise, uh, which, first of all, is race. Uh, and second of all, yes. Well, in England, they call it a pay rise. Those fucking scone-eating bastards need to learn proper English, I think. I don't fucking care. I'm I'm making a joke. I don't give a shit. It's fine. <laughs> they need to learn that they need to stay out of Norway's water because not being part of the EU means that they're not allowed to fish wherever the hell they want. I read that today and I laughed super hard. Uh, and then I immediately went to make sure that somebody had posted it to... Uh, r slash leopards ate my face that's a great subreddit uh it's it's one of my favorites and brexit's still a thing good good for you nigel farage you you conned an entire country into brexit (laughs) you've destroyed you've destroyed one of our oldest civilizations man what a (laughs) could you imagine uh, like, someone just be like, yeah, fuck it, I just destroyed England, who cares? <laughs> so, obviously, this will be a main review topic. Uh, Caleb, I, I have to let you know that, unfortunately, it's going to be one of those shortened weekends where, basically, uh, this comes out on a Thursday, and we're going to be recording on a Sunday uh, about this. I'm sure you're not all that upset because Castlevania is an easy watch, uh, and there aren't that many episodes no, in the first place. For one thing, I have Thursday and Friday off. For another thing, every season that's come out so far, like, I've just watched in one sitting. That, look, like, because we we changed our whole schedule to not do that as often. Uh, But then when this happened, I was like, well, it's either we wait and do it the same weekend as live stream for The Cure, or we just do it because it's a super easy watch and no one cares. All right. Um, our last trailer is uh, something, something that somebody made. Uh, <laughs> it is a Thai horror film called Ghost Lab. Wait, it's a movie. Uh, it is. It's a horror movie. Did you think it was a docu series? No, no, I didn't think it was a docu series. I thought it was like a series. <laughs> oh, Zach Baggins thought it was a, a docu series. Yeah. Well, shows what he knows. Uh, in this Thai horror film that marries science with the supernatural, an experiment about the afterlife goes awry when Gla and Wheat, <laughs> sorry, I shouldn't laugh at their names, uh, two medical doctor buddies see a ghost with their own eyes for the first time. This encounter spawns an insatiable drive to find a scientific explanation for ghosts and to find proof of the afterlife. Their fixation and reckless pursuit of knowledge will take them down a rabbit hole that will cost them their friendship and their loved ones. Uh, ghost doctors. <laughs> what do you think, Dan? Uh, it, I mean, it looks stupid, but like, uh, there's clearly like an attempt at humor for this. So, like, m- maybe I don't know. Somebody else tell me it's good, and then I'll watch it. I don't know. I was kind of hoping for something along the lines of uh, the autopsy of Jane Doe. But I don't think it'll be on that level. See, 
I think about that movie from time to time because, you know, IFC Midnight movie, we don't exactly have the best track record with that hmm. movie or with that with that production company. And then they pumped out that thing, and I, I, I kind of liked it. Yeah. I don't know. Um, if if they make as many movies as they do, they're bound to get one decent movie in there. Yeah. Um, I guess there was one other quick piece of news that I wanted to talk about. Okay. Uh, which is just that uh, they announced that Series 4 of Cobra Kai has wrapped uh, principal photography. And by that's it. And by they announced it's what's on Netflix announced because Casey Moore's killing it. Yeah. I don't know. I saw I saw like William Zabka on Twitter talking about it, but uh, I'm excited. Send it to the Internet. I mean, really? What? What do, like does it need anything else? Like it, it's basically it's there's no CGI, really. They finish shooting it. Like, I, I know if they care about Emmys for the show and they put out season four, it's gonna split the vo- it's gonna split the like the vote if they care about Emmys for the show. If they don't care about Emmys for the show, apparently Netflix is gonna go be be going through like a content drought. So if this come like if season four comes out in like I don't know, October, that would help them. I don't know. They they yeah they announced it would be like Q four. Oh, well, if that's the case, then yeah, sure. I don't know. They still need to edit and you know do the master sound mixing but, like, and everything. That doesn't so. take more than six months. In theory, no, no. I don't know. I've never been on a production for anything, but it's also it's all live action. There's no CGI, so yeah, we'll see. See what happens. I'm excited. Uh, a couple of the um, trailers I want to shout out really quickly before we uh, move on because we didn't. If if they're trailers for shows that we haven't watched as a show, I don't care. Although you did watch this first one, uh, special season two is coming. Uh, I know you kind of like the the first season of special. Trying to remember what the hell it was. Uh, it's the, the the guy's on the spectrum and like he has a job. I don't know what like special is. All I know is that it, oh, it exists. You're, I think you're thinking of Atypical. No, no, no. There was a... Oh, maybe you didn't watch... Yeah, I know you watched Atypical. Maybe I'm confusing you watching Special with you watching Atypical. I think you're confusing it with me watching Atypical. Okay, well, then I am. Uh, special Season 2 is coming. Did you know that Penguins mate for life? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> eh, that's from Atypical. Then we have Master of None Season 3. Uh, you haven't watched any of Master of None, but uh, it's a very acclaimed show. Also, Aziz Ansari was canceled uh, years ago and then uh, has finally returned to not being canceled to do this show. Oh, they renewed him. Yeah. He's <laughs> Netflix giveth, Netflix taketh away. Uh, then there's uh, Season 2 for Who, Who Killed Sarah. Uh, that came to like US Netflix like kind of recently. And then everyone has been, like, gobbling it up, being like, oh, my God, it's a true crime thing. But also, like, a a drama series. So uh, it was in the top ten on Netflix for several weeks. So uh, you're getting all of that shit. And then, uh, let me see. Is there anything else? Uh, Lucifer, part two, 
season five, part two, uh, is coming, and that's the final part. So it's it's done. It's over after this. Uh, it's one of Netflix's most successful. Halfway through the series, acquires. Do you see they're bringing Dexter back? Yeah, they're bringing Dexter back because no one liked that. Yeah, where he just like is lost at sea and then it ends. I mean. Good for stars. Everyone disliked that. Everyone did. Is that stars? Am I right with stars? That sounds right. I, don't know, I watched part of the first season with Ashley, the the one weekend where our, our internet went out, and I was like, yeah, this is a show. Yeah, Vanessa was really into it. So. But I mean, Vanessa loves murder. That, that's true. Miss, Miss True Crime herself, I'm going to end up in a bathtub with my back slid open my, my kidney's missing one of these days it will always remind me of the episode of venture brothers where they go to mexico and dr venture uh wakes up in a fucking bathtub and then he has to use helper as his <laughs> dialysis machine <laughs> i forgot about that venture brothers is a great show it really is and then, and then they they launch an attack to the the monarchs forces launch an attack to get the the venture brothers, uh, and then Brock like it's Speedy's first like mission in command, and then Brock grabs him by the throat and starts like strangling him to death, and then they eventually <laughs> knock out Brock, but then Speedy is like they can't get Brock's hand off of Speedy, so they're just like, well, we're gonna knock out Speedy. He can die slowly and forever. <laughs> Fucked. <laughs> Eh, uh, shit. Uh, hey, do you have any quick hits? Uh, I do not. Alright, well, uh, I want to talk about community okay. real quick, if I may. Sure. Um, we've still been plowing through it. Uh, we're on season five now. Okay. Uh, which, which is way farther ahead than, like, the last time I talked to you about it, but, uh, that's how my life's been. Just watching community all the time. Community forever and ever. A thousand years community. Um, I have mixed feelings about this season because they changed it up like end of season four. um, Joel McHale graduates. uh, He's going off to be a a good lawyer. uh, But then, you know, we can't have the formula of the show change too much. Mm -hmm. Uh, So... Like, he has to come back to Greendale, because it's a show about a community college. Uh, So, like, his law business fails, uh, and he has to come back to teach law. Um, So, like, I don't know, it's just a way to get him back. But, like, the thing that kind of bugs me, I guess, is, like, Chevy Chase is just gone. Yeah. I don't know if he just didn't want to do the show anymore, but, like... They just killed him in the show. Yeah. And then, uh... Because I was watching, like, season five, well, part, like, I would come in, like, every now and then, because Ashley would be like, on Mondays, she would just watch Community or whatever. I'd walk through the living room and, like, sit down and watch Community for a little bit. And it was just like, Chevy Chase became too racist in real life. So they were just like, all right. Oh, no. Fuck him. So he actually can't act. Yeah, they did, they were just like, oh, it's Chevy Chase. Uh, do your Chevy Chase thing. And he's like, gringos, wetbacks. And he's like, oh, no, what have we hired? Oh, oh no. 
Gringos means white person. I don't know why I said that as a racial slur. I think technically it means foreigner. Yeah. It's like, uh, oh, fuck. What is it in it's, Japanese? It's, it's gaijin. Like, uh, th- thank you. Yeah. I think gringo is like gaijin. I don't know. Like, the only thing that really bugged me about it, like, I'm fine with him not being on the show, but, like, they didn't acknowledge it to, like, the third episode of the season. And it's like, man, I feel like he died. Uh, and then, like, two scenes later, Shirley runs up and's like, Pierce is dead. <laughs> and it's like, oh, shit. Um, so then, like, they just have another curmudgeonly old guy join the group. Played by? Uh, forget his name. See him in everything. It's Keith Can't David. remember the cat's name. Is it Keith David? What? Am, am I wrong in saying it's Keith David? No. Oh, well, that's season no, six shit. then. Keith David's the guy from They Live that fights Rowdy Roddy Piper. He's also Childs. Yeah. He also voices in everything, so. Um, but like, they finally let Chang be part of the group. Because Chevy died. <laughs> well, we need a sixth person or seventh person, so I guess you can be in the group, Chang. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I feel like, uh, I feel like Troy's career outside the show started taking off because, like, they wrote him out of the show. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It just, change is inevitable as shows continue, but, you know, eh, it's just, it's weird. I don't, I don't dislike it. I, um, I've, I've had more, like, actually really, like, hard fits of laughter from watching community than I have probably like any other show that I've watched for a long time. Okay. Shit's really well written. Um still waiting on the movie. Wubba Lubba Dub Dub. Oh, that was another thing I noticed is uh like in one scene one of the people's just watching Rick and Morty. Huh. I didn't realize Rick and Morty was that old. Uh, it might have been like the the skit that they did on Adult Swim before like Rick and Morty actually got made, because uh, that thing's like ten years old, right? But yeah, I don't know. Dan Harmon promoting himself. It's fine, whatever. It's kind of like in Halloween where they're watching the thing. I think that was in the. Uh, I think that was in the Rob Zombie Halloween movie. What was it? Like, uh, Michael Myers going through somebody's house and they're watching John Carpenter's The Thing. Oh. Yeah, I feel like it was Rob Zombie's Halloween, but I also tuned that out as soon as they had the rape scene in the director's cut. Eh, gross. The the completely unnecessary rape scene, by the way. I, uh, I tuned it out when they announced that there was going to be a Rob Zombie Halloween movie. Look. Because I don't really care for either of those things. Look, if there if there's anything I hate Gerald for, it's making me watch those movies. <laughs> uh, let's uh, give Gerald some time to cry and take a short break. And when we come back, we'll talk about our main review topic, Shadow and Bone. My name is Nicholas Haskins, and I'd like a moment of your time to tell you about the fifth annual live stream for The Cure. To do that, I brought along two people whom I couldn't do this event without, Gerald Morris and Dan Brennick. 
Over the past four years, the live stream for The Cure has raised over $30,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. That contribution is helping to fund research into cancer immunotherapy, training the body's immune system to fight all forms of cancer. This year, we're aiming for our biggest goal yet as we try to raise $15,000 in 50 hours on the air. Tune in May 19th through the 23rd as we're joined live by podcasters and content creators from around the world. With your help, we can continue the fight for a future immune to cancer. Together, we can make a difference. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it is time to get our main view topic for the week. Shadow and Bone. Shadow and Bone is a brand new action-adventure drama series from Netflix uh, based on the series of young adult novels by Lee Bardugo. Uh, this is an 8 out of 10 on IMDb. Dark forces conspire against orphan mapmaker Elena Starkov when she unleashes an extraordinary power that could change the fate of her war-torn world. Uh, this is created by Eric Heiserer and uh, stars, uh, for the most part, a bunch of nobodies and also uh, the pretty boy from Punisher. Thank you for recognizing him. Yeah. Um. Well, what did you think of Shadow and Bone? <sighs> it's a it's a YA series that at times goes pretty fucking dark. And I kind of appreciate it for going kind of dark. Might be kind of a short review for me because this was a complete miss for me and I could not get into it. That's fair. Uh, it's it's a Hunger Games type uh, and it, it just kind of plays like like a shitty Game of Thrones, I guess. I don't know. Was not into it. Nah. I mean, that's fair. Like, it, it it's a YA kind of series where it's we're not the target demographic anymore like we're just we're just not like uh the the plus side is it seems like everyone is actually an adult at least and not just like oh they're they're fucking teenagers so like when there's questionable shit that happens later i'm like okay it seems like you're 20 or something like that i i think that this is my biggest problem with the show uh there's a difference between like dropping you in the world and letting you kind of figure it out as you go. Um, and like just not telling you shit. So like the whole time they're just running around. I'm like, the fuck is a Grisha? Uh, who are any of these people? Why is, why is the world this way? Oh, now they're hunting a deer because it's a magic deer. They didn't tell me that there were magic deer or anything. I don't know. And some people are airbenders. And yeah. like but but why is that though? That's that's fair. Like they never really explained why like like, like it, it just seems like cuz there are times where you know the Grisha who are the magic users are persecuted and other times where they're seen as like superhuman. So I don't know if like they were born this way and it's supposed to be like a, a kind of like X-Men kind of thing or if like there was I guess the best comparison I have towards it is like the Witcher where there's the conjunction of spheres 
where all of a sudden like people gain magical abilities like is it is it like that or is it you know these people existed as it was i don't know nobody told me nobody told me um yeah i i mean i get it i get why you don't like this i i think it's overall fine and i know there's your bingo everybody but like the acting's whatever the story is actually kind of like neat not like oh it's a decent story like but it feels neat like i like you maybe need a stuff to explain to you i felt like they did enough atmospheric storytelling so like you understood most of the stuff that was going on i mean there there's certain stuff like why does Kaz have a cane when he's seemingly in his early 20s? No, they, they imply it has something to do with uh, another gangster, but then that gangster goes away after the first episode, and then we don't care anymore. I don't know. <laughs> like, when they would explain stuff, it just it came across as very silly to me. And, like, I don't know, like, cut and paste? It's like, I don't know, like, this is the Shadow Zone. It was created by the Prince of Shadows a thousand years ago, and everybody was very sad about it. Uh, and But there's a prophecy that there will be uh, a person who can summon the sun and dispel the darkness forever. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, I've seen this story done fucking a hundred times better. Yeah, I won't disagree with you. There's all, like, this is always, like, the default YA story of, hey, yeah. our main character is somebody who happened to be in this thing. It's it's hero fantasy about uh, a girl with no personality that you can step inside of and take the role of. Uh, and it it's just... Just just a paint-by-numbers thing. Yeah. And sometimes things happen, and sometimes uh, people have emotions and don't talk about them. Sure. Because uh, we're kids, and it's hard to talk about our emotions, and we have to learn how to communicate with people. Yeah. I, d I don't disagree with anything you're saying. It's just, like, knowing this was a YA book series that this is based off of, I knew that that was exactly what it was going to be going in. So I was just like, okay, this is going to be standard. And, you know, they did a lot of standard stuff. I, I, there's like, there's young adult things that I genuinely enjoy. I think that young adult fantasy specifically is difficult for me. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Cause it's, it's just, I don't know. I'm not in a place in my life anymore that I can appreciate the melodrama of it. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I, I I liked when it got dark. Uh, like, there was some really dark shit. Like, they, they cut away from it, but it was a lot of implied darkness. And I was like, man, if they showed this on, on the screen instead, this wouldn't be a TV-14. This would be like a TV-MA for sure. And I, I kind of like that, where, it, you know, it's implied stuff. Like, so your mind thinks of, like, the awful stuff as opposed to seeing it. Because sometimes what your mind yeah. makes up is worse. Oh, yeah. And, like, people definitely get shot in the head and stuff. A lot. And one guy gets slowly stabbed in the heart. Yeah. Yeah. There's some, there's some fucked up shit in this. And, you know, for, for that, <laughs> I give it some props.
<laughs> I think my favorite thing about it is the deer. I like the creature designs mm-hmm. of like, you know, some of the like it's CG and stuff, which, you know, it's fine. It was going to be. But uh, like that, that deer looks pretty cool. Oh, yeah. And it's like the the deer is like a sun avatar or something. Uh, and it just has fucking wild antlers everywhere. Yeah, it's like a, I think I actually pointed out, it was like a 50 point buck or something like that. It's, it's, it's insane how many fucking antler like branching offs it has. Which I guess technically it would be a stag, but they call it a deer, so I'm going to call it a deer. I had never seen a deer, so I drew a deer. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, you're you're, you're pretty much right. Uh, I will leave one spoiler, but I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna save that for after we give scores because I don't want to like. I, I I feel like there's one spoiler that's like very interesting for me. Uh, maybe you saw it coming the entire time, and if if you've watched the show, you know what I'm talking about. But uh, for me. Somehow I got in, in engulfed in the story and didn't see it coming, so. Alright. Uh what would you give Shadow and Bone? Uh I'm giving it a two and a half. Uh for my part, like I I'm not saying that like this is something that's just bad that cannot be enjoyed by a human. I'm just saying that I am incapable of enjoying it. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, I'm going with a three. Like, it's fine. Am I intrigued to see what happens next? Yes, actually. Like, I, I will probably check out the second season whenever that comes out, probably sometime next year. But the production design in, in and of itself was pretty good. So, uh, will our main character eventually show real personality? Who knows, but uh, I, I'm interested to see where everyone else goes. Yeah. Do you think that, uh, like, the scene in the woods where they were fighting, like, when they were on the deer hunt, uh, and those guys attacked them, do you think that they day-for-nighted that? Probably. I mean, I feel like most of the time, they day-for- like, people day-for-night everything, and it just depends on how good their VFX artists are that they can fake it. Yeah, it wasn't one of the worst examples of it I've ever seen. No. All right. Uh, spoiler thing for the show. Thank Let me you. just play the ending for you. No, no, I don't want to see how it ends. Okay, I could describe it. Um, imagine you're in a room. No, no, like, no, no, no. I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, yeah, yet. but the ending is awesome. So if I could just Son play of the bitch, this is what you always do. You always spoil stuff uh, for me. No, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance okay, to see it. Okay, you sound like a crazy person right now. Uh, I never saw Ben Barnes as the the bad guy for some reason. Like whenever, yeah. whenever the fifth episode happened, I was like, oh shit. They got me. Even with uh, his history of playing bad guys and uh, him being the descendant of the bad guy. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like <laughs> that's why, like, it's so tropey. Like, I just feel like they telegraph a lot of shit. So uh, I don't know. I feel like it's a trope that he's a descendant of the bad guy and then eventually turns out to be the bad guy or and like he is like the bad guy for the series or. He's a descendant of the bad guy, and he's trying to fix the wrongs of his ancestor. 
So either way, they can't really win. I don't know. They could have just had him be the descendant of the bad guy and have him fail miserably. I mean, that'd be pretty good. Doing anything useful. (laughs) What a twist. So, yeah, uh, I never saw that coming for some reason. Uh, And now I feel like Ben Barnes is getting kind of pigeonholed into that, you know, he's 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 typecast as a smooth talking uh, roguish bad guy. Yeah, because he was that in Punisher uh, and he's that in this. So uh, I feel like. You know, with the the next thing he's in, like like the first person that subverts everything is like, hey, he's just a smooth talking rogue type, but he's also still a good guy. Uh, good for you, whoever pulls that off. Yeah. Oh no, there's that other character that probably has a name that like is a smooth talking rogue type and like shoots guns oh, well. Yeah, like he could he could be a cool hero type. Yeah, I, I liked guess, him as maybe? a character. And apparently he's a, uh, a fuck's a con- he is like a Grisha and he control, like, he's like one of those ones that can control metal and shit. So like, that's yeah, why no he's so such a good shot is because he's like using his powers to deflect bullets around. A metal bender. Yeah. It really is just Avatar. It's really Avatar. Yeah. God the, damn you. The heart benders or heart renders or whatever they call. Uh, like, they they seem like they're just bloodbenders. Yeah, because that one girl, uh, and that was a completely wasted storyline, is, like, the girl and the guy from the enemy country, like, uh, they would cut back to that. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a story that's happening. Yeah, I I don't know why they did that. I never really cared about that. Yeah, I never cared about that at all. So, yeah, I mean, there... There's problems, but whatever. Uh, let's talk main plot for a bit. Uh, so, okay. Alina, our our main girl, who uh, her personality trait is that she has a friend from childhood. <laughs> yep. She is a cartographer for the military, um, and she grew up in an orphanage with Mal, who is a soldier in the army. Uh, and they have to go through the void. Excuse me, it's called the fold. It's okay, same thing. <laughs> the fold. Uh, the the schism. Uh, the fucking the the MacGuffin. I don't know. Yeah, the shimmer. Yeah, it's basically perfect. the shimmer. Yeah, it's the shimmer from Annihilation. Except instead of colorful, it's dark. Um. So it's objectively worse. Uh, so they go in there, they explain like, hey, uh, light is dangerous because it'll attract the monsters that live here. Uh, so they get like half a mile in and some guy's like, hey, I better light this lantern real quick. Uh, so a monster comes and kills him and the lantern falls and sets the like sand skiff thing that they're on on fire. Uh, so there's just monsters everywhere. Uh, Alina gets attacked, and then she, like, explodes in a burst of sunlight. Uh, so they find out that she's the sun summoner. Yep. Uh, <laughs> this was very stupid to me. 
Because it's like, like, why do we just have to have this person be a complete fuckwit to tell our story? Like, he's doing the only thing he was told not to do. Right. Like, it was like, hey, don't light any lanterns. We have the blue lantern and that's it. And then he's like, oh, I have to turn. I, I can't see. Therefore, this lantern has to go on. Yeah. You said light the lantern. Oh, fuck. It's like no, the uh, don't uh, don't light the lantern. It's like the, the Lionel Hoxtable card business card that says, uh, <laughs> I, I can't remember what it is, but I always Destroy remember the Star the Wars Sith? one. No, dead younglings. Yeah. Yeah. I always remember the Star Wars one and not the actual version of it. Yeah. It's like, oh, don't light lantern. Oh, well, I've, I have on commission. No money down. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that was. I mean, you have to get to your plot. A lot of time, and a lot of people are willing to forgive, you know, shitty ways to get to, you know, who, how we reveal who our main character is. And this was the way. I don't know. I just wish that it was not. Um. So yeah, after after that happens, the military finds out that she's the 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 important person. Um, and they're like, hey, we need that important person. Uh, we got a trainer to do the thing. Uh, so they coerce her into going to, uh, the little palace, which is where they, they train all the Grisha. Mm -hmm. Um, and meanwhile, she's separated from her friend, uh, it's so like the the plot is, hey, I want to get back to my friend because I have separation anxiety. <laughs> yep. Then uh, I don't know. There's like side stories happening everywhere. Yeah, like I like the Kaz one of him having to go capture the Sun Summoner. I was like, okay, that makes sense because you know there's this whole other side of the country that has been split off due to the fold, and they want to maintain uh, uh, their independence and by having the fold exist it allows them to do that so i'm like okay it makes sense that they want to capture the sun summoner eventually kill her so that way independence can be maintained cool but then there's the other fucking subplot with uh the what it's like the heart seeker or something like that and then the the Furidan guy that fucking kidnaps her. Yeah. And it's like, I don't care about you Glip people. Glip Glop and Bing Bong uh, have to go and fight Gleep Glorp and Shming Shmang. So, like, listen, like, having that story constantly be referenced to every episode or so. Like, there was a whole episode where that story completely disappeared and I didn't miss it at all. Yeah. Not at all. Not even a little bit. So, uh, I, I hope that either A, they cut it entirely, which won't happen. So that leads me to, to <laughs> solution B, which is they write it better so I care. <laughs> and I'll just be unsatisfied because I don't even care about the main plot. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I'm not going to make you watch season two. I wouldn't do that to you. Well, that's nice. So, um, I don't know. I, uh, I'm excited for next week to correct my mistake of picking 
uh, this over Mitchell's versus the machines, which everyone on the internet loves. So of course, everybody apparently loves it. So of course, we're gonna come in being like, "Wow, wow, this movie fucking sucks." Yeah, we're gonna look like a bunch of fucking Johnny Come Latelys. Uh, yeah, I'm done. I I don't really have much more to say other than uh the fact that Ben Barnes walks out of the fold because you know I was like, huh. They killed him. What are they going to do? And then Ashley's like, well, they left him for dead. And I'm like, that's a good point. They left him for dead. Therefore, uh, whenever you're left for dead in the first season of a show, you always come back. Yeah. And then he came back later that episode, and then he started summoning fold creatures to help murder things. (sighs) We live in a society. Uh, That's true. Hey, let's cut into a quick break again. Uh, And then when we come back, we'll talk about uh, a better thing uh, entitled Cool Hand Luke. The Netflix and Swill podcast is brought to you by our patrons, Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy De La Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Duty Dutram, Casey Moore, The Nerd Revert, and Dan's Mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at netflixandswill.com slash Patreon. Buy some shit. Visit netflixandswill.com slash merch. Leave a review and tell me how good I'm getting at public speaking. Visit netflixandswill.com slash Apple Podcasts. Thanks for letting us live our dreams of being professional idiots. We now return you to your regularly scheduled banter. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to go into a patron requested review for Cool Hand Luke. Well, fine, if you don't want my money. You mean, if we watch terrible movies, you'd give us money? Well, sure. Mr. Caleb, welcome to the patron review segment. Cool Hand Luke is a 1967 crime drama comedy film. Uh, It's an 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb. A laid-back southern man is sentenced to two years in a rural prison, but refuses to conform. Uh, Stars Paul Newman, uh, and he won the Oscar for this role. Uh, So what did you think of Cool Hand Luke? Uh, It's it's a good little movie. Uh, I'm not going to go so far as to say it's a great movie, but uh, I enjoyed my time with it. It wasn't anything amazing, uh, mainly because it's like 1967, and probably the bar for what they consider to be good acting uh, has significantly raised in in that amount of time. But Paul Mo- Paul Newman does some stuff aside from you know making dressings. <laughs> it's true. Uh, what did you think? He had such a hard time finding good salad dressing that he made his own Newman's own. At your local grocer's mart. There's certain movies that like it it's like sense memory for me, like just hearing the name of it takes me back to a place like when I was a kid and like I didn't think about things so seriously and just kinda thought everything was like real real cool and good all the time. Uh and this is one of them. Like this is a, a movie that my dad showed me when I was quite young. Um, 
And uh, I I like it a lot. Uh, I like the idea that like this this dude like he's just kind of broken inside and has nothing going for him, mm-hmm. but he's just charismatic and it like has a good time just not giving a shit <laughs> yeah it's kind of how i've tried to live my life yeah that's fair uh so like the opening scene like he gets a park he like he got a parking ticket uh is the setup to this so he's just drunk and just going down the street cutting the heads off parking meters <laughs> i mean that's like next level petty <laughs> I don't know. Um the first half of the movie is basically like, hey, prison ain't so bad. Prison's what you make it. Cuz it's like hey, like there's this like fucking I guess for lack of a better term chain gang who just goes around doing like manual labor like cutting grass on the side of yeah, roads they're, and they're like a prison road crew yeah. which used to be a thing. Yeah. It might still be a thing. I hope not. Yeah, I hope not. But like, I think everyone knows about the the whole, uh, you know, uh, t- taking it off there, boss. Uh, take it off there, drag line. Like, I think there, everyone boss. knows about that. Even if they don't know where it's from. Yeah. And that's there's a few things like that. Like this movie's uh, pretty quotable and like widely known. So like the what we have here is a failure to communicate is from this. And not major pain. Yeah. So, like, for, for from that aspect, I'm glad I watched it. But, like, I'll never for like, I'll, the, my big problem with this movie is the transformation of George Kennedy's fucking character. Because he goes from being, like, big dog on the yard to basically, like, babbling moron who follows Luke's every whim. Yeah, which I think, like... I think what they're getting at is like he's he's mostly just show like he's that guy in the prison who's like in with all the guards and like everybody kind of looks to him to know what to do. But like at the end of the day, like he doesn't really have any authority. He's just another guy in there. Mm-hmm. So. uh, Yeah, I, I think. uh I think my favorite part of this movie, because like they just have a series of hijinks of like, uh, it's like at first, Dragline and Luke don't get along, uh, so they, like they fight out in the prison yard, uh, and Luke just won't stay down, so like he's just getting his shit fucking rocked, right, like constantly. Um, but he keeps standing up and then like everybody realizes how sad it is <laughs> that they're just watching this guy die. <laughs> After that, like Dragline starts to kind of take to Luke a bit more. Um, so they like one of the things they do a lot in the prison is make bets just for shit to do. Uh, so. Luke makes the bold claim that he can eat 50 eggs in an hour. Uh, so, like, there's, like, a, uh, an eating contest or whatever. I don't know. Right. Is that what they call it? Eating contest? Yeah, pretty much. Is I there think a name my favorite for that part sport? Is it, like, 
the staff are also sort of involved in the betting. Like like the guy yeah, who oversees like the bunker is chilling there, and the guy who yeah. cooked the eggs is chilling there, just watching this happen. They just want to know what'll happen. But uh, my favorite part of like kind of what comes of that is uh, they like one of the things they have to do on the road crew is like they're tarring the roads. So they have to throw I think it's like sand or pea gravel to like surface the road after they tar it. Mm. So like Luke kind of gets them to all just fucking work real fast and they're just like sprinting down the road slinging this stuff out onto the fresh tar and covering the road really really quickly yep uh and then they get to the end and they're like huh we're done uh like we're still supposed to be here working for two hours what do we do now and they're just like nothing and they get to sit and relax yeah and it's like hey that's uh that's great yeah, everyone like all the bosses just staring there at them, being like, "What the fuck did I just watch?" And it's like they shouldn't <laughs> care; they got the job done. Like the second half of the movie is about Luke trying to escape a whole bunch of times and being punished for it. So right. like that it, sucks. Um, his mom dies, and they they're like, "Hey, it, yeah. because we don't want you to escape, we're gonna lock you up in in this box that's barely large enough for you to sit down in." Yeah. And because they fucked with him, he's like, well, fuck this then. I'm going to escape. Right. And then he does. Uh, and the the dog, like, goes to chase him down. And he runs the dog so hard trying to chase him down that the dog dies of exhaustion. Uh, they do eventually get him. So they put uh, irons on him. He has another crafty escape plan where, like, he says he has to go to the bathroom behind a bush. Uh, and the guy's like, yeah, shake the bush so we know you're there. Uh, and he ties a string to the bush so he can shake it as he's running away. Um, so it's, uh, I don't know, he's he's crafty. Uh, right. He can use his limited resources in creative ways. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. The, the second half of the movie's kind of sad. Right. Because, like... In reality, if they just didn't fucking lock him in a box for no seeming reason, like, I would understand if he was trying to escape the first time and they locked him in a box. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. But instead, like, preemptively locking him in the box for something he might do, like, it's it's something Minority Report eventually tackles. It's like, hey, do these people deserve to go to prison for things that they might do? Yeah. Well, it's like he even calls the guy out on it. <clears throat> like, the guy's actively locking him in the box. And he's like, I'm sorry about this, Luke. Like, I'm just doing my job. And he's like, calling it your job doesn't make it right. Right. Yeah. But. So. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, I definitely I definitely recommend this movie. Uh, go check it out if you've never seen it. Yeah. Uh, and if you have seen it, go revisit this timeless classic. I, I don't know. I think other than George Kennedy, uh, my, my big problem with the movie up until the, the second half was going to be, oh, so this is just hey, prison can be fun if you make it fun. The movie. <laughs> and it's like, no, prison's horrible. And then, thank God for the second half, it was like, oh, good, prison's horrible. Good, thank you. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think the first half of the movie's really upbeat just because, like, I think they're trying to show, like, there can be good good moments that you have, uh, you know, if you follow the rules and stuff. But then, like, 
It can all be taken away from you at a moment's notice for no fucking reason. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Uh, what would you give Cool Hand Luke? Uh, I give it a four. Okay. Uh, I'm going a solid three and a half. All right. Uh, you heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> cool Hand Luke, better than Shadow and Bone. All right, Dan. Uh, let me tell you about uh, next week's show, because okay. I now have uh, the spreadsheet for the schedule. Uh, we are doing the Mitchells versus the Machines, uh, the thing we probably should have talked about this week. Yes. And, uh, so, sorry. Uh, and on the back of that, we're doing a patron-requested review for Fruitvale Station from Paul. Now, for those of you who are unaware, Paul's in Australia. Uh, so he gets to pick something on Australian Netflix and we get to find it somewhere. So if I don't find it, I'll watch Thomas the Tank Engine again. I mean, it's, you got to fill out the lore of Thomas <laughs> the Tank Engine. Yeah. Well, because it's called Fruitvale Station, I assume it's about trains uh, in a cartoon world. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Huh. It says it's prime eligible, yeah. but it's not. They lied to me. Can't believe somebody would just go on the internet and lie like that. Uh, tell them stuff, Dan. Well, you can find our show at NetflixAndSwill.com. It's your one-stop shop for all things Netflix and the Swill, such as our Patreon site, our merch page, uh, where else you can find the show if you hate what you're listening to it right now. So, NetflixAndSwill.com. Uh, also, there you can find other shows on our website that we host, such as Stacking Triggers and the Rabbit Ears TV podcast, which took off a month uh, because of things. And then uh, next month, she's going to have two Eppies because, you know, that's how shit works. Yeah, and I'm supposed to be on one, so I better start watching things. I think it's July. I think you got some time. Oh, is it July? I thought it was I thought it was May for some reason. I have no idea. Well, then I'm not going to watch anything. Except the Mitchells versus the Machines. Oh, good news. Fruitvale uh, Station is actually on Netflix. Oh, cool. Uh, I thought for some reason it wouldn't be. Sorry, continue. Uh, thank you to Spaceweather for the use of her theme song, Bitter. Which is, uh... How a generic female protagonist felt when it turned out that the bad guy was the bad guy. <laughs> and how I felt whenever Yasuke came out immediately after Anime April. Yep. Fuck you, Netflix. <laughs> Uh, that's the whole show. Uh, thank you for listening, and until next week, we'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.